So you guys are gonna have to laugh big for everybody, which you're gonna do it anyways because everyone's super hilarious. Uh, I'm gonna be your guest host this week. Um, my name is Brandon Lyons. Uh, it's gonna be an awesome lineup. We it's, it's lots of funny people. Um, I know all you red white faces in here. It looks like you got a lot of sun, right, Portland? Huh? Flush ass faces in here, you guys. I smell the sunscreen before I enter the door. Uh, I've been getting the sun as much as I could, trying to get darker again. I'm trying to get black again, you guys. I used to be black, I'm trying to get there again. I've been white all winter long, you know? And it's not all it's crackered up to be, but it's uh, it's all right. I spent a lot of time hanging out in line at Salt and Straw. That was, then I like stood in line at Screen Door. Then I pretended, pretended to be Native American for a while put my cat on a leash. It was like really, really fun to be white. Uh, my, um, what I, I, I try to experience it like, uh, like live white to the fullest this winter. So I went snowboarding cause that like that to me, like that just epitomizes white people. And um, you will not see a white guy higher in the, in the air than you will on a mountain. Like they are killing it up there. And I was not, I fell down the mountain the entire time. I was like trying to figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, do I need like a ball in my hand? Does like someone need to be chasing me? Like, why am I not good at this? <laughs> and I figured it out. It's like, oh, it's cause like, if you take away the need for like fast twitch muscle fiber, like white people will dominate anything. Like skateboarding, right? Windsurfing, normal surfing, uh, legislative boards, <laughs> school boards, uh, waterboarding Guantanamo, right? Um, I'm really sorry about this, uh, white people. I'm mixed, I can say these things, you guys. I can say these, it's not racist because I'm mixed. And I say mixed, not interracial, because that sounds way too much like porn, doesn't it? Come on, parents. Do better for yourself, ma, because she's the white one. But like, way to go, dad. Stealing the princess from the castle. Way to go, dad. Appreciate that, oh man. I, uh, I do like my dad, he's kind, of a, he's kind of a weird dude. He owns uh, snakes and he will bring them out in public, like it's not weird. Um, just like sometimes in his pocket, but what he really likes to do, yeah, he, I, I don't know if he's think, like near his dick, I don't know if there's like the, I don't know about that part, but he just likes to bring the snakes out in public and I think a pocket's like a good place to carry a snake. Um, but sometimes he puts them around his wrist and like will go to pay for things and like waits for a cashier's reaction. That's his favorite. Or if you're riding a Harley, he'll ask to sit on your Harley and then wrap the snake around the handlebars and then make you take Instagram pictures of him. <laughs> it's fucked up, because my dad like lives in Inglewood. He used to be like hard. He used to be a gang member, 
right? He used to, and I asked him one day, I was like, Dad, how, how, how'd you fall off so hard? What happened to you? He's like, oh, it's fine. We're both Crips. <laughs> oh, you don't like niggas up here doing puns. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Thought Portland liked niggas doing puns. Um, I like, uh, I like smoking weed. It's my favorite thing to do. Uh, it's my favorite. It's, my, it's what gets me through in life all the time. Um, but I'm having to buy it all the time at these dumb stores I don't like, right? It's like, they always like, ask you what do you want the weed to do for you when you go in there. Like, I want it to get me high. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> You're like, no, what like, activities are you looking for the weed? Like, do you want to like, do the dishes on this weed? <laughs> The dishes on this weed. Do you like want to call your grandma on this weed? But if you want to call your grandma, do you want to call her for like 15 minutes? Or do you want to have like a real long intimate conversation where you realize she's gonna die halfway through and then like really bond on that? Like a 30 minute one, because we have each. Um, what's the cheapest one that'll get me high, please? Uh, but what you can say to them is uh, to like, you know, just throw a little wrench in their plan because they think they're being all cute. Be like, um, let me get the weed that will make me think I should put out a candle by clapping at it, please. That's, you got that one? They're like, oh yeah, that one just came in in the back. Let me go get it. Oh. God damn it, Trevor, you got me again. Sometimes I use Chad. Uh, I think Chad's funnier than that. I think Chad's funnier. Think of it like a man bun. Ah, oh, he's great. Um, good old bud tenders. I got fired from my job because I smoked so much weed. Like for a lot, for a long time, I was lying about having Asperger's. Like that's how. <laughs> they went over my calls. They said, Brandon, you're not making a lot of connections with people. You're you're being a little bit distant. You're not showing the emotional contact we're looking for. What's going on? And I had to like type those symptoms into the Google search bar came back with Asperger's, I was like, I could live with that. I can, I could live with that, absolutely. My mom's trying to scare me off of it. She says, hey, Brandon, don't smoke all the time because it increases your heart attack risk by four times. But if you hear that when you're high, everybody will increase it by a million times. So be very careful. You guys ready to start a comedy show? What do you think? <laughs> Fuck yeah. We got a great lineup. You're Next comedian, one of my favorites, you're gonna love her. Give it up for Lydia Manning. That always happens to me, every time. It's my usual opener. I'm really sick of double standards. Like, why is it that a man can sleep with three women in one week and he's a player, but if a woman does the exact same thing, she's a lesbian? <laughs> one of my friends had a baby pretty recently, and I got to meet the, I got to look at the baby. We went out, like me and her and her whole family went to a restaurant, and we ordered our food, we're just chatting, and then like it's nothing, mid-conversation, my friend just unbuttons her shirt, sticks her baby on her chest, and starts breastfeeding it right there in front of all of us. And I thought that was the rudest thing. Because we're all still waiting for our food. <laughs> Teach your kids some manners. That day got me thinking about the possi possibility of maybe pronouncing words correctly sometimes. 
and also maybe having kids of my own someday. And I came to the conclusion that like I don't really want to reproduce. Uh, there's a couple reasons for that. First of all, like there's nothing really about myself that I look at and I'm like, the world needs more of this. <laughs> like physically, I'm not excessively good looking. I'm not like supermodel hot. I'm not the kind of woman who can skate by on her looks, you know? I'm just the kind of woman who can look by on her skates. <laughs> um, a lot of things run in my family also. Autism runs in my family. I have a brother who is a little bit autistic. And I say a little because like, he is on the spectrum, but you wouldn't necessarily know it just talking to him. To give you an idea of where on the spectrum he falls, in high school he was too autistic to be popular, but not autistic enough to get invited to the prom by someone popular. <laughs> I also, like, I don't think I need kids because I've already had terrible roommates before. <laughs> I don't need to create one. I can just go on Craigslist and click on the first free room for female. <laughs> I had a roommate who only communicated with me via passive aggressive notes. Most of you have probably had that one. Um, it's usually like in this handwriting, it's like, hey, here's something I hate about you. Heart. <laughs> One of the notes that she left me like that, I uh, came home, it's on my desk, and it was like, hey, can you please wash your dishes before we get bugs? And I did not wash the dishes before we got bugs. We got bugs. <laughs> and she blamed me for it. I know, it's ridiculous. I get her side of the story, like, they were my dishes, they'd been in the sink for a month and a half, whatever. <laughs> But how do you think the bugs knew that there were dirty dishes in the sink? Pretty sure they read your note, Zoe. <laughs> uh, something you guys probably don't know about me. Um, in addition to being a semi-talented stand-up comedian, I am also in Portland's number one acapella group. Um, they're here tonight, that's why the audience looks so big. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna come on stage right now. We're gonna sing an original song for you before I leave. Um, ladies, get on up here. Give it up for them. Laugh out larynx. Thank you. Thank you. They only appear when you applaud. All right, we're gonna do the new one. Just like we practiced. Now the podcast listeners can't tell that I'm just up on stage by myself and that visually this is hilarious. So I have to explain that. All right. There's something about a guy in uniform that sends a warm little tingle all down my spine. It makes my heart beat as loud as a thunderstorm. 
when I see them walking in a single file line. I love schoolboys. It's not a thing I should say out loud, but I love schoolboys. It's not something that's socially allowed, but there's something about younger guys. They make me feel like I'm normal sized. <laughs> Men are fine, but if given the choice, I'll take 10 year old boys. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Lydia Manning. You guys were great. One more time for Lydia Manning. Now we have to report her unless we all go to jail. But it was really funny, Lydia. It was really funny. Um, your next comedian, uh, one of my good friends in town, hilarious dude. Give it up for Chris Johnson. Uh, I live in a white neighborhood. Um, it's just true. That's real shit. That's shit we all can relate to, right? We all live in a white neighborhood. We all live in a white neighborhoods up in here. I'm trying to like reverse gentrify my neighborhood though. Like, I moved into my house, three other white dudes living there. One white dude moved out. I got a black dude to replace him. That's how it works. Got a girlfriend that's black. She's moving in next door now. We're, we're picking it up. We're gonna take over that southeast block slowly but surely. I'm gonna get some more people in there. Eventually, I just want my new seasons to be serving fried chicken, basically. That's what I want, that's my goal in life. It's good. I grew up here, Portland, Oregon. I've watched all the changes. I uh, went to Grant High School. I don't know, it was cool. It was 80% white school. Uh, my mom, she gave me like this talk before I went off to high school. She sat me down. She gave me this very passionate speech. She said, Chris, you're going to go off to high school. I just want you to be aware. I want you to be safe. Don't experiment with drugs. If you're going to succumb to peer pressure, please use a condom. Keep up with your studies. You got to go to college, Chris. You got to go to college. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Don't bring any white girls home. <laughs> Which is unfair to me, you know? She sent me to Grant High School, 80% white. Would you send your kid to, to the cheese factory? <laughs> and be like, you can't have anything with dairy in it. <laughs> because I'm lactose intolerant. Does that make any sense to you guys? My mom hated white people. <laughs> she grew up in the 60s. Can you blame her, really? I don't know. She's black, by the way. She is black. She raised me. Told me don't bring any white girls home. She raised me to fear white women, you guys. And you guys know how it works. Fear leads to hate. And hate leads to the interracial section of Pornhub. That's how it works. That's just how it works. For a young black man <laughs> trying to survive. That's just how it works. Yeah, she taught me to hate, she taught me to fear white women mainly. My grandma, she's no better. She hated white people too. She also hated black people a fair amount. 
<laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know my grandma for very long, but I just remember she had dementia. She lived in our house the last four months of her life. And the phrase I remember the most as a four-year-old child was, niggas ain't shit. <laughs> Ooh, I hate niggas. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one thing you learn about old black women is that they're all old white men inside. <laughs> that's the one thing you learn. I was raised to fear interracial dating or anything involving white women. You know, like some of the greatest stories ever told have that theme of like, don't fuck with white women. And my mom showed me like all of them as a kid, you know? Like fucking, the story of Othello. <laughs> and more modernly, the story of OJ. <laughs> They're the same story, basically, just. <laughs> one has like steel swords and shit. Well, both of them have steel swords, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up. Story of OJ, that's a good one. Forrest Gump. White lady probably gave him AIDS at the end. You guys didn't know that? Uh, the last five years of Kanye West's life. That's a good story about how you shouldn't fuck with white women. The fucking, this is the one I remember the most. The one where you're watching the Titanic and it's the last, one of the last scenes where Jack is sitting in the water and Rose is on that big plank of board that there's plenty of room for both of them on, by the way. And she lets him drift into the water, frozen to death. Their hands were stuck together, you guys, because it was frozen. She lets him drift into the water. And at that moment, my mom gets down on her knees and says, that's why you don't fuck with white girls, Chris. <laughs> that right there. They'll let you freeze to death and then let you go, just like that. Just so they can learn how to horseback ride and have a good life afterwards. That's what they do. Seriously, I was, I was raised eight, like I've been in, like I live in Portland, I've dated white girls before, look at me. I've dated white girls, black men, they walk around with a lot of self-hatred a lot of hatred of other people. Um, you know, like, even a black dude with a white girlfriend will walk down the street. <laughs> he'll be walking down the street and he'll see another interracial couple, black and white. He'll look at the black dude and be like, niggas ain't shit. <laughs> oh, I hate niggas. <laughs> okay, I can see I've clearly surpassed my N-word quota. <laughs> for this crowd tonight. <laughs> nigga, 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 nigga. <laughs> Come on, babe, let's go to Salt and Straw. Okay, I'm gonna get off the stage. One more time for Chris Johnson. Come in here, kill him, bruh. That's crazy. Honestly, man, I've, I haven't seen a comeback like that in years. Like, the last time I saw Chris, he was getting stuffed inside of a piano by Eddie Murphy and the Nutty Professor, so. That was fucking amazing. 
That was a good reference. Um, your next comedian, also a really good friend of mine, absolutely hilarious dude. Please get up for Naraj Srinivasan. What's up, what's up, Alberta Street Pub? Give me some another round of applause for being here, please. Yeah, yeah. Happy to be here with y'all in sweaty Portland, Oregon. Definitely happy to be here. I've been traveling a little bit, which is a real eye-opener to what places suck. And <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska is one of those places. <laughs> I was in Omaha for maybe about an hour, uh, and I was waiting to cross the street at a crosswalk, and this homeless guy came up to me, and he was like, hey, man, do you speak English? And I just said, no. <laughs> and he just walked away, like, all right, God bless. <laughs> <He just. laughs> the weirdest homeless experience I've had was in New York City. Uh, I was in New York about a month ago, and uh, I was supposed to stay in Manhattan. And I remember our uh, lift took us into the neighborhood, and as we're getting to the hotel, I'm looking around, looking around at all the, the giant buildings and like the people wearing their shiny suits and you know, like fancy shoes. And I'm thinking like, wow, this place is way too nice. I really don't belong here. And then as soon as I got out of the car, in the 10 seconds that it took me to the walk to the front door of the hotel, a homeless man threw a crumpled up McDonald's wrapper at my chest and yelled, fuck you, Tiger Woods! <laughs> and then I was like, no, no, I'm home. <laughs> These are my people. <laughs> I feel like, sometimes I feel like I deserve to get yelled at by homeless people, I really do. Like, I've never contributed anything to solving their problems, you know, why not? Like, I've never, thought of myself as a very giving person. I don't think other people think of me that way too, but I'd like for them to think of me that way. <laughs> like people will look at me and go, Naraj, there's an Indian. I want them to think of me as a giving Indian. <laughs> I want them to think that guy's a giver <laughs> and an Indian. <laughs> That's my favorite joke because it's like, Everyone who's laughing right now is just having a really racist thought, you know? It's like leading a horse to drink out of really racist water. I don't know why it's so satisfying. <laughs> Couldn't tell by that last bit, I'm 25 years old. But I'm trapped in the body of a healthy 10th grader. Like this does not seem to change. Like, none of this says I'm getting ready to rent a car. This says I can't wait to get my license. You know, it's a real... It's a rosy presentation. I realize that two things happen when you turn 25. You get to start paying a little less for car insurance, and television starts hurting your feelings. In that order. I know that, because I was watching Hulu Plus not that long ago, and I was subject to three Tide laundry detergent ads back to back. And the first one was a little boy playing with a big fluffy dog. And the second one was a happy couple doing laundry together. And the third one was a dad playing with his adorable da daughter in the backyard. So sweet. And at the end of the ads, I didn't really feel like buying Tide. They just like reminded me what kind of values I'm missing in my life, you know? <laughs> Weren't any Tide ads with drunk comedians that wake up on their couch with a half-eaten pizza on their chest. It's like, oh no, my favorite shirt, you know? like. 
suspect they won't be making one. <laughs> I'm like finally at an age now where I can actually really absorb what bottom of adulthood looks like. I, I witnessed this when I was at Denver. Um, I was at the Denver airport in the TSA line, and I saw a gentleman in line who I can only describe as Jeff Bridges. <laughs> if, like, Jeff Bridges had more sadness and fewer shaves in his life. And think of a hairy, sa sad Jeff Bridges. And he was wearing nothing but a pair of brand-new cowboy boots with the tag still on them, a white bathrobe, and that's it. <laughs> No bags, and the back of the bathrobe said Marriott Hotels. <laughs> I know. This seems like a sad story about a guy who was in the middle of a comfortable bath at a Marriott Hotel, got kicked out, and was like, all right, I'm just going to leave town now. <laughs> and picked up some duty-free cowboy boots on his way out, because we've all been there. <laughs> it's a sad story. That's why I like to think this is a brilliant guerrilla marketing campaign by Marriott Hotels, <laughs> where they dress up homeless dudes in their brand and send them on cross-country flights. <laughs> Ties right into their brand new tagline, Marriott Hotels. He won't be here. <laughs> Come stay with us. Like, different kinds of people upset me now. Like, my new least favorite kind of person is someone who goes out of their way to describe themselves as a coffee addict. <laughs> this is the most obnoxious creature in the Northwest. Like, oh, man, I'm so addicted. I'm addicted to coffee. I'm so addicted. Really? I, I think there's just free coffee at your work, Brittany. What are you, addicted to paperclips, too? Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. No, no, I'm, like, addicted to... I drink so much coffee. Oh, you're addicted to coffee, huh? So does that mean that you might skip your daily mocha, get the shakes, and die? Is that something we can all look forward to? Oh, tell me your heroin coffee addiction backstory. Did you suck dick for a latte once? I'm the one that wants to hear it. Tell me about that. Tell me about how you sold all your furniture so you could buy Starbucks beans, coagulate them, and shoot them into your fucking veins. Because until you do that, you're not an addict, you're just a poser. You see what I mean? It's so stupid. A year ago, I couldn't have given a shit. I'm like cultivating all sorts of bad habits. Like my newest habit is if I wake up in a bad mood, the first thing I'll do is get on Facebook and stalk someone I look down on like, just to make sure they still suck. That's the only reason. Oh, what, I'm behind on rent? My landlady's mad at me? Doesn't matter. Jessica from high school is still in jail for shoplifting Cheerios. <laughs> Things are going according to plan. God. Coming to terms with the fact that I'm a, a petty grown-up. <laughs> I am. A couple weeks back, I was at a... I was in line at a plaid pantry at 6.34 in the morning. It was before work. I was in line at 6.34 in the morning, and this guy cut me in line, and I spent the rest of my workday plotting my revenge. <laughs> like, for the next nine hours, I sincerely thought about ruining a stranger's life. That's not okay <laughs> to live like that. Here's the best one I got. So, 
I was going to follow him home and stake it out. Wait till he leaves again. Break in. Take a shit on his carpet. And spray paint swastikas everywhere before I run away. Not because I'm a Nazi. I don't even think they're like fun to draw or whatever. I just think if I ever have to exit a crime scene, I'm just going to leave a bunch of white supremacy messages all over the walls. Because even if I get arrested, the cops are going to walk in later like, no, I don't think he did it. Could not have been the brown child. Then you guys are going to be like, but Captain, the comedian's DNA is all over this turd. He's going to be like, come on, rookie, use your head. It says white power everywhere. If it was him, it would say Mexican power. They'd be really confused. That's exactly the way I like it. People of color in the audience, take notes. That's how you make white privilege work for you. So, game the system. Notice that a lot of white people don't like to talk about their privilege. See how it got quiet, you know? People, <laughs> people get weird. I don't know why, I think it's great. Here's how I'd react every time I look in the mirror as a white person. You ready? Just like, oh, fuck yeah, still white. Mm, yes, high five. I'd high five my reflection, like. And I know that the white guys that generally do that are fucking it up for the rest of you, but you seem like nice white people. You get a free pass with me. Still white, go for it, every time. In fact, on the count of three, white people, let's do this. You ready? One, two, three, still white! Well, that was a test. And looks like you all passed. Give yourself a round of applause, Alberta Street Club. Only quiet racism here. No. <laughs> no, it's, it's good if you're, if you're at least aware of it because it's definitely weirder for me to meet a white person that promises me they don't have privilege because then I just feel bad. Like, oh no, that sucks. You're white and you don't even have privilege? It's like the only good thing about being white in America. You're like a brown guy, the sun burns anyway. What a waste, you know? What a waste of a good white person. Don't get me wrong, I like white people. Okay, nobody believes me. Really, Alberta? We passed that now, thought you were cool. No, I do, I love white people. I swear, I appreciate your red hot chili peppers just as much as you appreciate ours. We're helping each other. What I don't like so much is meeting a white person for the first time that's clearly never met another Indian before. And it's kind of obvious because as soon as I introduce myself, they'll share some kind of mundane Indian related factoid in their life. They'll be like, oh my God, you're Indian? I love Indian food, you know? And I just like imagine themselves biting into their first tandoor like, mm, I can't wait to tell a brown stranger about this. <laughs> so good. This is a true story. Uh, I was in Boise, Idaho in January visiting my family. That's where they live, they live in Boise. Um, and after hanging out with them, I went to an Irish pub with some old friend from, uh, friends from high school and when we got there, the waitress checks my ID and she's like, wow, that's a, that's a beautiful name. What kind of name is that? I was like, oh, it's, a, it's an Indian name. She's like, no way, you're Indian? I've seen Indiana Jones like a hundred times. <laughs> it's like, what if I told her I was Cuban? She'd have been like, Ice Cube is my favorite rapper. Like, 
Not sure how you got there, ladies. Show your work. <laughs> Look, the point I'm trying to make is these people are not the problem, all right? I'm not gonna blame the Indian food guy. I'm not gonna blame the Indiana Jones lady. You know, I'm not gonna blame the odd middle-aged white woman that hits me with an unsolicited namaste at a Fred Meyer. I won't do it. <laughs> because these are just awkward individuals that are weird about stepping into a culture that's not their own. And you know what, if they've tapped me to be their conduit into Indian exposure, that's a real beautiful thing. And I should feel really special for being in that position. But I don't. <laughs> Mostly because I don't feel that qualified to be there. Because yes, I'm Indian. But I grew up in Boise, Idaho. I live in Portland. And I'm dating a vegan blonde girl that tells me to do yoga. Like, I should not be anyone's resource on Indian shit. All right, you guys have been lovely. Thank you so much. One more time for Naraj Srinivasan. Oh, man. That was so good for my soul. I love that. Just like watching another race complain about white people as much as I do. Oh, that was... We are Chris Hotomy and Kyle McCormick, and we host a podcast, Reboot, Reuse, Recycle, and you should listen to it. It's about remakes and reboots, where we talk about an original and its remake or reboot, and then discuss. And we discuss hard. We do TV. We do movies. We We do TV and movies. We got great guests on a lot of great episodes. We got got Riley Silverman. We got Kate Willett. We got Jocelyn Drosky. We got Hutch Harris. We got other people. And hey, you're listening to something on the River City Podcast Federation right now. We're on that also. Yeah. And we've had guests like Room Requirement 237's Caitlin Warehouse. Uh, very special episodes, Carolyn Maine. Hosey Hustle's Shane Hosey. Yeah, and probably by the time you hear this, maybe even more. Yeah, who knows? Ah! So uh, check it out oh. on iTunes. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Engineer Randall Lawrence here to let you know real quick that this episode of Control Yourself is brought to you by Tula. Tula, which is the Sanskrit word for balance, is a skincare slash healthy living brand founded by Dr. Roshini Raj, a practicing gastroenterologist and media wellness expert. You guys, Tula is an amazing probiotic-based skincare line founded by Dr. Raj. I... It's the first skincare brand to use probiotics as its core ingredient across the entire line, leveraging cutting-edge science to bring its new technology to its products. Uh, And probiotics, they're the good-for-you bacteria that are great for your gut health and founded foods like yogurt and kimchi and sauerkraut. Uh, Each Tula product is like nourishing smoothies for your skin, feeding it the nutrients it needs to stay healthy and defending it from damage. And if you go to trytula.com forward slash control, you're going to get 20% off your entire first purchase. Try Tua.com forward slash control for 20% off. And now back to the show. Um, your next comedian, nice white person. We're going to switch it up, you know, get your people what you want. You know what I'm talking about? Give it up for Allie Reingold. Hello. One more time for Brandon, your host. He's a good guy. We like him. Uh, Guys, I want to get personal right away. I want to tell you something about me. I lost my virginity very late. Yes, yes I did. I didn't lose my V-card until I was 26. (laughs) 26, ladies and gentlemen, that's true. 
which, you know, I feel like that's pretty late, right? I feel like normally it's like, I don't know, 17, 18, 19, somewhere around there. 20, 21, 22 maybe, right? 23, perhaps. 24, I don't know, literally any time earlier than when I did, that's normal, right? So I've always felt pretty behind in that regard. Um, but now I have HPV. <laughs> so <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> who's laughing now? <laughs> no one really is laughing about HPV. Uh, but, uh, but I did lose it very late and I think one of the reasons for that is that I have uh, this. Um, honestly, it's uh, kind of embarrassing to admit to talk about, but I, I do think it is important to talk about. Um, I have self-esteem. <laughs> so that's been hard. That made it hard. Um, no, I'm not saying you can't have self-esteem and lose it early, but you know what I mean, right? Like I had standards. You know, I knew what I was worth. I wasn't gonna just give it up to any old schlub. You know, like you know how some people are saving themselves for marriage or saving themselves for that special someone? I don't think I was saving myself for anyone. I think I was saving myself from a bunch of idiots. <laughs> just super idiotic young boys, really, that I did not sleep with. So good for me, right? You know, I, yeah, I waited until I was older and wiser and could fully appreciate the mistake I was about to make. <laughs> You know, because it turns out men will never not be idiots. I'm sorry, no offense, guys, no offense. I'm not a man hater. I just, you know, I think that the man child to mature woman ratio in this town is very high. Who agrees? I know you agree. Yeah, yeah. I know you agree. Um, but I, I've also, another fact about me, I've also never, not only did I lose it very late, but uh, I've never been in a real relationship for any amount of time. So uh, I haven't like consistently slept with one person. So what that means is that I haven't really figured out how to like make it good for me. Do you know what I mean? Guys, you know what I mean? <laughs> so if I'm with a guy and he's like, what do you want? I'm usually like, uh, I don't know, man. For you to be more like these fingers. Cause they know how to get the job done. Okay, I don't know what you're doing <laughs> or oh I know um, maybe you could try um, leaving <laughs> just for a little bit I mean you can come back you know later when I'm done that would be fine and then we can cuddle that, that'd be fine that's kind of my dream actually my dream scenario is like you fool around with somebody for a while then they leave the room you masturbate they come back in and you cuddle <laughs> right then when it's time to actually sleep they disappear again and you can actually sleep. You get the whole bed, just you and the cat. Get a good night's rest. That's, that's my dream, is basically to get myself off and then get a good night's sleep, which actually I already do most nights. So I'm living my dream, you guys. <laughs> Never give up, dreams do come true. That's the moral. Uh, at this point in my set, I would like to uh, just vent to you for a bit if I can about something. Um, can I just tell you what's hard? Like what's really hard is when uh, your brother, your own brother, your flesh and blood, right? Your kin, who you're super close to, that you grew up with, who's basically your best friend and partner in crime. When maybe you don't see him for a little bit, 
And then one day he shows up and starts firing magic arrows at you and you find out he's calling himself the Avatar of Justice and working for Elrond Elfweir. And you're like, what the fuck, Janji? We're supposed to be fighting Elrond Elfweir. He's turned the city of Sharn into a protectorate police state and he's up to no good. And then you find out that brother Janji is going to be in a jousting competition defending his title as undefeated champion and it's open to the public so anyone can sign up to challenge him. And you're like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to sign up and confront him. So you rent a hippogriff because it's like a mounted mid-air joust kind of thing. You get in there in the arena you're like, Janji Wilnick Potterting Topper Clank. And he's like, Tidget, is that you? And you're like, hell yeah, it's me, what the fuck? And you're like flying around, shooting arrows at each other. You almost fall off your hippogriff, but because your acrobatics are so high, you don't. He's like, Tidget, you left me to die when I was in prison. And you're like, what? I didn't even know you were in prison. I've been looking for you ever since we stole those jewels from that guild. Elrond's been lying to you. And he's like, what? And you can see it in his eyes for like a split second that he might just believe you. You think you can convince him that you're telling the truth, but you fail your persuasion check. He gets even angrier, fires a magic arrow at you, which is against the rules of the tournament. No magic is allowed, so he's automatically disqualified, and you automatically win. The crowd goes wild. It's such an upset. He flies away. Meanwhile, this whole time, the rest of the gang has been battling the Avatar of Might over in the stands. It's very confusing. It's exciting. It's upsetting. It's a roller coaster of emotions, and it's hard. Has anyone else been there? Anyone else had that experience? Um, I have. Dungeons and Dragons, you guys, who's playing? D&D, anyone? Okay, I thought there'd be more, but that's all right. Guys, I didn't know. I didn't know about D&D. I didn't really know how it was played or like how it worked or how fun it was until this, my first campaign. Let me tell you guys. It's fun. It helps when you have the best dungeon master in the land, and I do. He's great. Uh, the shenanigans he has to put up with, it's crazy. One time my friend Sam, AKA Mazer and the Elf Wizard, argued for literally 30 minutes, he would not give this up, uh, that the table that had almost killed him should not have been able to snap in half like it had because it defied the laws of physics. We were like, well, it's an enchanted, magical, animated table. So, pretty sure the laws of physics have already gone out the window, along with the chair that just flew away. So, might need to reevaluate your argument there. Anyway, my point is D&D is fun, okay? That's, you should check it out. That's really all I had to say about that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, that's it. You're like, what's el what else? No, nothing. Just play D&D. You'll, you'll get it. Go out and play D&D &D and then come back and we'll do this joke again. Anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I had the opportunity a few months ago to go to Boston for a comedy festival, really fun. While I was there, uh, I got to reconnect with an old friend that I hadn't seen in like a decade. Uh, and here's what she's doing now, this is true. She's now working for MIT uh, in nanotechnology. And here's what they're doing. They're creating artificial atoms that are colder than space. What? <laughs> That's true. Isn't that nuts? Did you know we were doing this? That's crazy. Creating atoms? I mean, it's cool, but I don't know. I'm thinking, do we need more? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Like, I don't know. If anything, I feel like we need more eaves. <laughs> yeah. Adam and Eve. That's the Adam and Eve. Because we're playing God but also Adam and Adam 
sound the same. <laughs> Homophones. That's what we call that. Jokes are funnier when you explain them, I've found. Uh, no, but all I'm saying is, like, if there's one thing we need more of, it's badass ladies, right? Yeah. And Eve was. Eve was a badass lady. The common misconception is that Eve's the one that fucked everything up, but that's fake news, right? <laughs> like, all Eve ever did was say, yeah, I'm gonna eat the apple. It's a piece of fucking fruit. <laughs> What's the big, just trying to get my fiber in, okay? Like, what kind of whack-ass world would this be if eating a piece of fruit is what ruined everything? <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> it's a pretty whack-ass world. <laughs> but that's not Eve's fault, that's on God, right? God did that. And then, like a typical dude, couldn't handle the fact that he'd fucked up his little project, felt a little embarrassed, couldn't admit that he was wrong, so he blamed the woman, didn't he? Yeah, and then he punished her too. He punished all women. He said, okay, just for eating that fruit, you're now gonna experience intense pain during childbirth, and you're not gonna be funny. <laughs> so you can kiss goodbye your dreams of a lucrative career in comedy. God said that. <laughs> kind of a dick move. So uh, that's why women aren't funny. And if you didn't like my set tonight, <laughs> what can I say? Not my fault. Take it up with the man upstairs. <laughs> All right, you guys have been really nice. Thank you so much. One more time for Allie Rheingold. Oh, man. I was, I was stuck at the beginning of your set, Allie, when you talked about how you just wanted to go to sleep after sex. I was like, oh, she's never had a dick put her to sleep before. So sad. Um, okay. Uh, a little bit weird, I guess. Yeah. I was, just talked about the Bible, and I was still stuck on that. But, you know, your next comic is going to clean up all that up because they're so funny. And they're gonna talk about his dick. I think he's gonna talk about his dick, probably. Most of us do. So I want you guys to get super excited. Please put your hands together for Shane Brandon! So much pressure to talk about the dick. So much pressure. And then you get up on stage, people are like, oh, a black guy, he's definitely gonna talk about the dick. Well, I hate to disappoint you, but there ain't much to say about it. It's just as big as you all are picturing right now. You're welcome. How you guys doing? Everybody good? Yeah? Here to have a good time? That's good. I'm having a good time. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, uh, feeling okay. I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling all right. Yeah, well, you know, my dad died two weeks ago. Uh, that's the appropriate response to that. Dad just died. Uh, and I'm trying to process all this shit, you know, of course. Uh, and it sucks. It really does. It, it, it sucks. But at the same token, I am a comedian. And we process things a little differently from regular people. And I didn't want to miss this golden opportunity to come up with probably the best dead dad jokes anyone has ever came up with. <laughs> So if you guys don't mind tonight, here, in front of your gleaming white faces, I would like to present you with the first dead dad joke I've written. It's only been 14 days. I got the first dead dad joke. You guys ready to hear it? 
My dad is so dead. like that that's good <laughs> my dad is so dead that my career is guaranteed to become successful because from here on out I'm gonna bury myself in comedy in efforts to fill an unfillable void with laughter and the approval of strangers that tell me they're proud of me <laughs> that's how dead my dad is you guys yeah I think this is a good tone to start the show off <laughs> he's so brave <laughs> I used to be a punk ass bitch. <laughs> Back in the day, right? Yeah. Back in high school, I got picked on a lot uh, because I was in all honors classes. You know, I was the editor of my school paper and I was in a dope Dave Matthews cover band called Blackberry Jam. Yeah, yeah. We were good. And some of you motherfuckers, are, you guys are laughing, but every time we played Crash, I was guaranteed at least one over the Gene hand job. So. Shout out to 2002 sophomore year. That shit was great. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. Really? I never got that response. For the rest of you guys, I've been fortunate enough to never ever have a layover there. I'll tell you a little bit about my city. Uh, there's a few things we're known for. The blues, right? Barbecue and Elvis Presley. Stealing rock and roll from black people, getting rich off that shit, and dying alone in his mansion on a gold-plated toilet like a piece of shit thief should. So, that's where I'm from. Uh, I love it out here. I've, I've been living in Portland for a couple months now, and I'm, I'm really digging the food truck situation you guys have out here. It's awesome. I've never been exposed to stuff like that. Earlier today, I went and grabbed some lunch from a truck over on MLK. Uh, I got some chicken and waffles, and I was getting ready to eat the chicken and waffles, but I became immediately aware of my surroundings. And I was like, wait a minute, Shane, you're a black man about to eat fried chicken on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. That's a little too on the nose. You know what I mean? I didn't want to end up a meme on some far right Instagram page. You know what I'm saying? With a caption, does this black life matter? I didn't want that shit. I felt it coming, so I went a couple blocks over to eat it, and then I looked up, and I was standing right underneath Rosa Parks, and I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> I felt like Dr. King would have wanted it that way, you know? So, okay, yeah. <laughs> grew, up, uh, grew up in the South, you know, so it's basically the major leagues of racism, you know? <laughs> and not everybody from the South is racist, and racism is, you aren't born racist, right? Like it's, a, it's a learned trait, you know? And in Shelby County, Tennessee, they made sure some of these boys learned a little early. You know, like, some as early as, like, pre-K, KK. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, by the time I got to high school, some of these guys were playing at a professional level of hatred, you know? Like, I was in school with, like, the white LeBron Jameses of ignorance. That, that's what it was. Like, skip college straight to the pros. Like, every day of high school for me felt like I was caught in a redneck cage match that I was totally unaware of. You know what I'm saying? The morning announcers would come on and they'd be like, coming in the fifth room is fifth year senior Jimbo Griffin. A sheer white powerhouse in the league. At a towering six foot five, 240 pounds, he's earned himself the nickname the Great White White. Yeah, his opponent today, unbeknownst to him, is the racially ambiguous Shane Brendan. The rookie sensation, measuring in at 4'11", 85 pounds, says he's really into Dave Matthews band and white girls with fat asses. 
which seems to be a new trend taking the country by storm, you know? Racially ambiguous indeed. He's half black, half Filipino, which I'm not sure what kind of Mexican that is. But I can guarantee you, neither does Jimbo. Let's send it over to our sideline reporter, Ted. Ted, what do you think about the outcome of this fight? He gonna get it. Thank you, Ted. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned for study hall. Yeah. I hate Golden State Warrior, two-time MVP and two-time NBA champion Steph Curry. I hate him. Do you guys know who he is, Steph Curry? Like, he's one of the best basketball players in the league, and I don't hate him because he's great. I hate him because he's cute as fuck, and that's not fair to all the other ugly-ass players in the league, okay? So let me paint a picture for some of you guys who don't follow basketball. Steph, he's a light-skinned black gentleman. I would say his complexion is something like caramel or something delicious like that. And he has hazel brown, like he has hazel eyes. They're like too many snickerdoodles you just can't get enough of. And I hate him for that shit. Like, you can't be one of the best basketball players in the league and have pretty ass eyes. I feel like that's, that's some sort of offensive foul. You know what I mean? You know, he's, he, he's adorable. He's like a golden retriever that can shoot threes. That's what he is. Steph Curry is the real life Air Bud. That's what he is. He's Air Bud in the flesh. As a matter of fact, ESPN did a survey with all the players in the league last year and they found out that the number one reason it's so hard to guard Steph Curry is niggas just get lost in his eyes. Yeah, and that's a quote. That's for real. I like my, my NBA players rugged, you know, and fierce looking. Like, they spent their whole life becoming the greatest at this sport, so they just are like, fuck hygiene and the way I look. Like, that's, you know, like LeBron James is a great example, okay, of a terribly ugly athlete. You know, like, he, he's like Black Shrek. He's huge, he's scary, his face looks like a fist, you know? His hairline starts at the back of his neck. He probably smells like Ben Gay and athlete's foot. It's If Steph Curry is the air bud of the NBA, then LeBron James has to be one of the monsters from the Space Jam movie. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. I know I'm a brave comic because I did a sports-related joke in Portland, so... <laughs> whether or not you guys like that shit, I'm patting myself on the back for the rest of the night. You know? I've had a lot of shitty jobs before comedy. Uh, the worst job I ever had all of uh, high school was working at McDonald's. Uh, shout out to McDonald's. And uh, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. Like that was a very pivotal time in my young life. And uh, you know, like how do I how do I express how I feel about that time? Like, can I write a joke? It wasn't really working. The joke was working. I was like, what can I do else? What else can I do creatively to make this expression come through? And I realized, wait a minute, Shane. You can write a slam poem about it. <laughs> right? Yes. So if you all entertain me for one second, I'd like to share my slam poem about McDonald's. Is that cool? Yes, this poem is entitled, The Golden Arches is Where My Heart Is. Stop yelling, motherfucker, I can hear you just fine. 
Of course you need a second. Please, take your time. Time to kill, I kill time by daydreaming about sparks and gas leaks. For weeks, I can see those golden arches crumble right in front of me from the top of that white face painted red afro wearing motherfucker to the bottom of my non-slip kitchen approved Velcro strap sneakers. The streets will flow with molten hot fry grease and all those who survived my Big Mac attack of terror will know that I am the one who brought down the clown. Yeah, that's a uh, number seven large size with a Diet Coke. Will that complete your order? 775, please pull the first window. <laughs> you see, the name tag reads Shane, but it should read pain. <laughs> pain like what I feel with every intercom greeting, with every part of my being, tremendous pain, torturous pain, T-Pain should be my name. <laughs> Like, I'm in love with McGriddles, got cheese and got eggs and got bacon. How the hell do they make it so tasty? I'm in love with McGriddles. <laughs> but I digress. Heart beating through my chest as she passes by with her hellos and my highs. Never knowing her name, she's just parfait and small fries. My, oh my, sweet apple pie, two for a dollar, girl. I would do some nasty shit to make you holler, girl. <laughs> if she can only see. If she would just dine in, she could see me. I mean, I'm the reason the countertops gleam, the toilet bowls are clean, the shamrock shakes are green, the McRib Mick seems to be a gift from the gods. Have you had your break? Have you had your break? Got fired on my break, so from the register I take? <laughs> a break for my wealth. A break for my health. Welcome to McDonald's. Go fuck yourself. Thank you very much, my name is Shane. You guys have been great. I'm in love with McRiddles. Get it up for Shane Brandon. Hot damn, boy. We're going to keep this fire train and moving with your next comedian, the wonderful, the hilarious Trevor Thorpe. Yeah. So I'm going to do some slam poetry for you right now. That's... I can do that. I'm a white guy in Portland. That's the thing, right? We just take shit from people. That's what we do. I know you were waiting for a white dude to come up here. I know you were all waiting for that tonight. You're welcome. Here I am. I know I look like I just got back from a Lord of the Rings monster truck rally. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm actually not entirely white. My, my, uh, my ethnic makeup... Well, okay, I'm entirely white, but here's the thing, like... My actual whole ethnic makeup is Scotch, Irish, Mexican, and Jewish, which is a really weird soup because that's like spicy but still not enough salt. Like it's fucking, yeah, bland as shit somehow. Um, but like I'm Mexican in only the way that like a ground beef taco is Mexican, you know what I mean? Like too many white people have been fucking with the original recipe. That's what I am. <laughs> he was talking about McDonald's. 
I am a bartender, if you couldn't tell by the neck tattoos and the cavalier attitude. Um, and I, here's the thing, service industry is service industry and fast food is service industry. And I think people who work in fast food get shit on way too much, especially by people who eat fast food way too much. You know what I mean? Like they're getting paid to eat that shit. You're paying to eat that shit. You see the dichotomy there? Fucking Jesus. And I was in a sandwich shop, I was in a subway the other day, just cause you know, I like to regret my choices and long line and they were taking names. That's how busy it was. And the person in front of me ordered and had a long ass order and they're like, all right, can we get a name for the order? And uh, they were like, yeah, it's Danny with an I. What the fuck? It's phonetically exactly the same. You're not at the DMV. It's a fucking sandwich. How they say your name is not gonna affect your order at all unless you're a total dick about it. And so I went up next, and like, can we get a name for that order? I'm like, yeah, it's Trevor with a T, cause fucking duh. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do like working in the service industry, it's a lot of fun, but you know, you can't control who your customers are. Anybody can come in and that's fine. You know, it's cool. But like sometimes you get some real shitty people come in. I had two guys come in and sit at my bar and I didn't hear the beginning of their conversation. I just heard the end when one of them shouted out into the ether, I think the female ejaculation is a myth. I'll say it again if that didn't sink in. He said, I think the female ejaculation is a myth. That's insane. Also absurd because it's not true. But if you follow that guy's logic, he probably thinks the moon landing was faked simply because he hasn't been to the fucking moon, you know, like. <laughs> Am I bragging right now? Yeah, I'm totally bragging right now, but you don't know I'm not an astronaut, all right? I love Tang. It's a very polarizing joke because some people have drank Tang and then other people have eaten Tang. I've done both, they're both great. Not together though, that's a huge mess, that's a big mess, unless you already own orange sheets and then you're probably a presidential cocky bite at that point. <laughs> For anybody not in the know, that was a joke about eating pussy. Okay. I, uh, I live with my girlfriend now. Uh, we've been together for a few years, but we just moved in together. And like, it's going great. And I know it shouldn't, like, you should be applauding me right now. Like, look at me, look at my decisions. Like, I got tattooed from the neck down. I look like an Easter egg on toothpicks right now. It's fucking weird. And I got buzzkill tattooed in my knuckles. I'm a stupid person, you know what I mean? So like, mature decisions kind of out of my wheelhouse, but it's going really well. Like, it's having, it's going a lot better than I thought it would. Like, no fighting, super chill. But I never expected that moving in with my girlfriend would give me the opportunity to A, feel validated by a group of teenagers, and then B, want to murder those teenagers 30 seconds later. And I'll explain, because that sounds crazy, I know. But I was coming home from work, I was parking my car, I got out of my car, and there were these three little 15-year-old uh, dudes smoking pot, and they saw me coming, and they're like, dude, 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 put it down, guy's coming. I'm like, ah, don't worry, guys, I smoke pot. I smoke pot when I was your age, I smoke pot now. I'm gonna go home and smoke pot and play PS4. You guys gonna do that? You wanna hang out? No, that's weird, we can't do that, that's weird. <laughs> And then one of them said, ah, he's the cool neighbor. And I'm like, holy shit, I am the cool neighbor. I've never been the cool neighbor. I'm the neighbor you usually call the cops on for playing metal at four o'clock in the morning. You know, like, that's, that's me. And I was like, yes, I'm the cool neighbor. And then the other one said, yeah, he's way cooler than that bitch that lives upstairs. I'm like, yeah, I'm way cooler. Oh, no, you don't call her bitch. That's my girlfriend. You don't call her that. <laughs> Listen, kid, you don't call any woman a bitch because that's just me, but especially not my girlfriend. You know, I don't know how long I can go to jail for murdering a child. My whole life, probably worth it. You know, like, <laughs> fuck that kid. 
And then the other one said something I hadn't heard since I was his age, because he shouted out, I knocked the dust off that pussy. <laughs> Fuck. First of all, that's insane. Somebody's got an older brother that's playing him too short. Nobody says that shit anymore. Do you understand? <laughs> Nobody says that anymore. And then the third little men's rights activist in training was like, oh, I bet she's a cougar. And I'm like, I just, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go upstairs. And like, it's very problematic. It's really hard to hear that from a group of little kids. You know what I mean? Like future leaders of America, right? Like, and, and it was fucked up. I'll deal with the cougar thing first because that, you know, like it's okay in society, whatever. But I think that's rude as shit because a cougar is a majestic animal. And much like a middle-aged woman, it'll rip your fucking face off if you talk shit. <laughs> and secondly, an older woman having sex with a younger man, that's not a cougar, ladies and gentlemen. That's an educator. That's who that is. <laughs> They're gonna teach that young man some lessons he needs on earth for the rest of his life. And I firmly believe that if more older women were having sex with younger men, then younger women wouldn't be so disappointed in the sex they're having with younger men. It's just math! <laughs> and the knock the dust off that pussy phrase is, is you know, that's, that's really obvious. That's super derogatory and shitty. But like, it gets even worse and weirder if you take that phrase literally. Because if you take that phrase literally, nobody knocks dust off of anything. You know what I mean? It's a delicate process. Most people use feathers. You don't go in your room like, Are you coming yet? It doesn't work like that. And I'm worried for these kids, guys. I am. So they're taking that phrase literally. And they find dust upon said pussy. I'm worried they didn't check for a pulse first. You know what I mean? It doesn't collect dust normally. Yeah, you're right. That was a long way to go for a corpse fucking joke. But we all got there, team. Just be rest assured, my girlfriend is incredibly appreciative of the fact that I know how to dust. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm really exhausted right now. I'm operating on two hours of sleep, and it's, it's, it's rough, like, just working, and I, I, I help my mom with a lot of stuff, so I just haven't had a chance to sleep. And I wanted to try and sleep last night, and I was, like, just absurdly remembering somebody telling me, you know, if you microdose, uh, it'll, it'll help you sleep. So I did that with some really rad mushrooms. <laughs> Didn't sleep. Did have a waking dream because I was thinking about the tuna salad I had in my fridge. And that turned into a waking dream of me making a fucking swimming pool full of tuna salad. And then somebody came along and was like, that's a lot of tuna salad. I was like, yeah, don't quit your fucking day job. And that's, and that's where I am now. Like, that's fucking <laughs> stupid. I do drugs so wrong. I mentioned I take care of my mom, and, and that's true. I, I help my mom out a lot. Last year, I found out that my mom was uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and it's a tough fucking thing to deal with. Like, uh, so I was there. I wanted to make her feel better after the diagnosis, so I took her to go see a movie. That's a thing we like to do together. We like to go see movies. And my mom is the kind of person that likes actors more than the films that they're in, and she loves Ben Affleck. Which, if I'm going to be honest, was probably the first sign she was ill. He's not a good actor. <laughs> Sucks. And so this was last year. So I took her to go see Batman v Superman. 
And that was not a great movie. <laughs> and we just watched it. And it's hours after the diagnosis. We walk into the lobby. And out of nowhere, my mom was like, what a piece of shit. I hope I forget that fucking thing. <laughs> Are you serious? That's amazing. She's already coping with humor. That's, that's who I get my sense of humor from. It's my mom. I'm hoping that's genetic and not the other thing, but we'll see. Um, I'll get out of here in a minute. But I, I don't know if you know a lot about Alzheimer's, but one of the first things to go out the window are social cues. And I was taking my mom to get some medication. Um, and we were walking by a Fred Meyer, and this Portland fast walker was coming towards us. You guys seen a Portland fast walker? Like decked out in a full REI body condom, just shuffling at you like. <laughs> they look like they're stuck in a pipe in Mario Brothers. You know what I mean? It's like fucking futile. And without any hesitation, my mom just started screaming like, like <laughs> Trevor, she looks ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, I know, mom. You're a fucking hero right now. You've all wanted to do that. Don't even lie to yourselves right now. Thank you very much. I'm Trevor Thorpe. Give it up for Trevor Thorpe one more time. Hey, you guys, uh, we've come to our headliner this evening. That means just one more amazing comic left. Before we do that, though, um, I had a special request uh, from the normal host of the show to give uh, a call to her because um, she heard it was so packed out in here, and she just wants to talk to you guys. So we're going to give her a call, and uh, it's Joanne, everybody. So Hopefully she answers. Hello? Thanks, is there one person in the audience? <laughs> There's a ton of people in the audience. Let's see, it. Let's see if we can hear it. That's the, we just, we figured that out. But I'm still fucking alive, dude. <laughs> well, we can see next week, you know, and see how it goes next week. Oh my God. If, okay, well now if I turn up dead, you know who to fucking call the cops on. <laughs> oh yeah, the black guy, call the cops on the black guy, Joanne. Sure they would have done that anyway. Okay, so, um, ooh, now I thought this was a one-sided conversation. 
bar staff well. Here's, I'm going to do my Alberta Street plug because they're the best. There's a happy hour that follows the show. It's at 11. It's full price. It's full menu. I don't know. <laughs> Yes. Okay, so nobody. Do you want to? Do you want to introduce him? Oh, I would love to. Okay. Okay. Please. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Is he ready or is he late? Yeah, we're ready. We're on. Yep. Okay. We're so ready. He's been ready this entire phone call. What did he say? He said he's been ready this entire phone call. Joanne's period that made her pass out in the middle of the day. Not severe alcoholism, which is something she goes through every day of the month. But her period. Guess I have a lot more to learn about the female anatomy, as it turns out. (laughs) Give it up for Joanne and Brandon and all the comics you guys saw so far. Actually, it's funny. That's actually something I'm kind of infamous for. I'll sleep through a show I'm supposed to be on. I do it a lot, which is why when I found out Joanne did it, I made sure to throw the biggest fit. It's like, oh, what a fucking asshole. What kind of irresponsible dick would do that? Not me. (laughs) And I turned to one of my friends whose shows I've slept through. I go, is this what this feels like? Because this is terrible. I don't like this at all. (laughs) Hi, I'm Adam. (laughs) Nice to see you. I'm having a really great month. A couple weeks ago, I got to watch my younger brother get married. Give it up for that. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Courthouse wedding which is now my favorite type of wedding. Yeah, fuck the big spectacle, no bullshit, no frills, no two families going into debt just so they can dick swing in front of each other. None of my garbage ass relatives that only show up to family functions so they can steal shit. Do you guys have these relatives? People who will come to your family event bringing nothing but an empty cooler that they will then fill up throughout the day. They treat them like a heist, basically. Yeah, 
No, no, I didn't have to fucking see those people. It was all, It doesn't matter what type of event either. They'll steal from anything. A uh, family reunion, a wedding, my brother's funeral. Yeah, they're animals. And I was glad to not have to deal with them throughout this. We just banged it out. Went and saw a judge. I signed something. My, uh, my, my brother's wife's sister, who's now my, my sister-in-law, sister, what the hell is this lady to me now? Whatever she is, me and her sign it, knocked it out, and then we hit McCormick and Schmicks afterwards. It was awesome. <laughs> Off the chain. We ordered our food, and while we're waiting for the food, the chef, the head chef comes out, and he makes this beautiful speech. He's like, thank you guys so much for choosing uh, our place to, to spend your, your, your wonderful day with. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of this. And my, my, my new sister-in-law is very nice, uh, white family. I was like, oh, that's so sweet of him. Thank you. But my hungry ass Samoan family was like, cool story, who the fuck's cooking my food right now? How come you're not in, we didn't come here to see you, dude. We didn't even come here to see McCormick or Schmick. Now fetch me my dinner, dog. My belly's empty and that's not even to mention the cooler I brought with me. Cool thing happened at the courthouse. Uh, I was one of the witnesses that signed my brother's wedding certificate. You need two. And they told us there's a couple getting married right after my brother, and they don't have any witnesses. And would, would me and my new sister-in-law, sis, sis, the lady, would me, and, <laughs> would me and her like to be the next couple's witnesses? And we were hyped for it. We were like, fuck yes. I'll be an agent of love today. I will help facilitate love. You know what, today, love wins. I made that up. Love wins <laughs> today. So we did it. I was stoked. I was like, I'm on board. Where do I sign? I'm just kidding. I just did this. I'm an excellent witness right now. Do you understand me? <laughs> Crushing the witness game. But real quick, what'd y'all do? How come you're down to me? What's going on with this union that you can't find a single person in both of your lives to do for you what I'm doing quite literally just because I happen to be in the neighborhood. How come you couldn't pull that? Why are you panhandling for signatures at this courthouse right now? What's going on here? Did, uh, did one of you graduate from side piece real quickly just now? Is that what's going on? Did someone abandon a family to be here on this day? Are y'all related? Will there be no last name changing with this marriage? Is that what's going on? Does one of you have to check in with the neighbors when you move somewhere? What's going on? This is gonna get worse, by the way. Speaking, speaking of true love and sex crimes. Do y'all remember Mary Kay Letourneau? Some of you don't, that's fine. I'm older than a lot of you. For those of you who don't know her, uh, she's a Northwest original, so you can be proud of that, from the state of Washington. And she was the first teacher sleeping with her student scandal to break nationally in the 90s. Who'd have thought that would have been a trend, by the way? Like every three months now. Um, the reason she always resonated with me is one, she's first, and two, the student she slept with was named Vili Falaau. And if you can't tell by the 19 vowels I just put on this stage up here, that kid's Samoan. And when I found that out, I gotta be honest with you, okay, I, had a, I felt, I didn't have the intellectual thought, but I felt a little pride. Just a little. <laughs> Like at no point was like, cool, this child's innocence is ruined. I, was, I never had that thought, but in my heart, my feeling was like, I mean, can you blame her? Look at this shit. 
we make them nice. Also in MKL's defense, sixth grader Samoan, same size as any normal adult human being. <laughs> only difference between me now and sixth grade is the beard. That's it. It's the only thing that has changed. But turns out I'm a distant relative of Vili Falaal because him and Mary Kay and their children showed up to my second cousin's wedding in 2004. Yeah. And uh, I got to admit something to you. She looked good, you guys. <laughs> Mary Kay was fly as shit. All these students sleeping, I mean, all these teachers sleeping with their students are generally really attractive. And people don't understand. They're like, oh, why are these hot women sleeping with these kids? It makes sense to me. They have to be hot. You get that? They have to be. They're trying to hook up with 11 and 12 years. Do you know how shallow an adult male is? And they're out there trying to get in with people who are brand new to the hormone game. No, 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 you, you have to be a 10 to get into that sandbox, absolutely. 100%. And Mary Kay was working in that day. Fly as shit, great skin, beautiful hair, lovely face, uh, batshit crazy eyes though. Like yeah, those peepers were rock-a-bye, 100%. Just pools of chaos in that lady's face. And if I'm being honest with you, made her even hotter to me. <laughs> Absolutely. I had this thing when I was in my 20s, I was a shitty dude. And I'd be like, I'd look at my love life and be like, man, women are crazy, right? Look at all the things that have happened to me. Women are so crazy. Women are crazy. But now, as a self-aware human being, I look back at my love life and I say, you like crazy women. <laughs> you have a problem. It's not them, it's you seeking them specifically. That's why you've ran from the arms of every stable human being you've ever met into the vicious embrace of someone who was probably gonna brandish a knife at you at some point. Yeah, do you have priors? You're my girl. You're my girl. You have weaponry on you? You're my girl. If you're always carrying matches and a lighter, but you don't smoke anything, you're my girl, 100%. just how I get down. You're never hotter to me than when I wake up and find you standing over my bed watching me sleep. That's, that's when you're at your best for me. Oh boy. Y'all like reggae? It's a bit of a abrupt turn. I figure I'd give you a, I I'd give you a break from the kid fucking for a little bit. Is everyone okay? Is everyone okay with this shift in direction? Or you want me to go back into it? Because I can. I'll tell y'all about the worst experience I ever had at a reggae concert. I was in Hawaii, I was visiting my cousin, and he's hyping up this reggae band we're gonna go see. I'm a big reggae fan, because like, dude, you're gonna love these guys, they're awesome. And I'm like, all right, cool, I'm on board, let's go. We get there, and the band is white. <laughs> Not only are they white, as you go further back in the band's position on stage, the people get whiter. <laughs> so like, the front man's up front, he's just a brunette white dude, and you got the bass player over here, Blonde hair, fair skin. Then over here, you got the guitarist. He's like redheaded, ginger, translucent skin. And then on the drum set, it was just phosphorus. There was phosphorus playing the drums. And I was pissed at my cousin. I was like, you're a real islander. You're from Hawaii. You should know good reggae. Why'd you bring it? How could you do this to me right now? And then the worst 
possible thing happened when they started playing, and that was, they were amazing, you guys. <laughs> I loved them so much, and I hated myself for loving white reggae so much. The worst part of the whole concert is, at some point, Mike Love is his name to make it even better. At some point, he goes, job bless! And the only thing, worse thing than a white dude yelling out job bless is me returning job bless at him. <laughs> in earnest, with like all of my heart, with a, my hand was in the air, like this. I haven't been to church in seven years, but I Holy Spirit job blessed a white dude in Hawaii. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> oh, I meant to mention this earlier. My brother and his new wife, they're also already expecting a child. Give it up for that. Yeah, I'm very, I'm excited. I'm so happy for them. I'm as excited to meet this baby as I am apathetic about every sonogram they've tried to show me of it. Those don't look like anything. If you show me an actual kid's picture, I'll be able to, like, my other brother, I have another brother who lives in Hawaii. He has seven kids because he married a Mormon girl and they have semi-automatic reproductive organs. <laughs> I get a picture of one of those kids every day, I tear up. You give me an actual child's picture, I can connect to it emotionally. But if you come at me with a black and white topographical map of Paraguay, I'm not gonna give a shit. It's nothing that she's showing me in these pictures. I didn't even know what the first one was. I thought she just failed an art class. <laughs> I put it on the fridge to make her feel better. Cause she's my family now. And family means never having to say that you suck at pixel art. <laughs> if I am to believe that this is an image of the child she's carrying, then the only conclusion I can draw from that is that she has cheated on my brother with a 16-bit character. <laughs> is that what's going on here? Did you sully my name, my family's name with the penis of Sonic the Hedgehog? Is that what happened? I do come from a, a beautiful family. I mean, obviously. What's up? Yeah, my family's gorgeous. Although I will admit, like, as far as my looks go, the beard is an integral part of my face game. My face without the beard just looks like a normal-sized face is sinking into quicksand. So, yeah, I need the beard. But seriously, my whole family's like super attractive. My family is indeed so beautiful that a couple years ago, uh, two of my cousins decided to get married and have children together. And all right, I'm sensing a lot of fucking judgment in this room right now. I do not like that at all. First off, that's my blood y'all are talking about. And second of all, it's not even like it's my cousin's fault that they ended up together. It's all of yours. You people and your gross, unfuckable bloodlines is what did this to us. And now you have the gall to sit there and look down upon me and mine? Why? because my cousins refused to settle for less in life, because they looked out at the mediocre world, saw all of your yuck faces, and said, nah. We're gonna stay home tonight. We're gonna stay home and roll the dice on hydrocephalic, web-toed, flipper-handed children. <laughs> Hydrocephalic is my absolute favorite thing I ever get to say on stage. 
Uh, it's not a common word. Not a lot of people know what it means. Only two or three people in every audience gets it. But by the time I get to web toes and flipper hands, everyone else is looking at me like I'm a monster. But the hydrocephalic people are looking at you guys as if to say, he's been a monster the entire time. <laughs> the kids are all right, by the way. I should point that out. <laughs> yeah, they have perfectly healthy, intelligent, five-fingered bipedal children like the rest of us. The marriage did not last. Yeah, they broke up. They a tumultuous relationship. They fight all the time. They used to fight at family functions, which was so weird. Because they'd come to me looking for me to mediate. They'd come over and be like, yo, can you pick a side and help us figure this out? And I have to explain to them, we're already all on the same side. This is our side. It's possible. No one changed the last name when y'all got married. By the way, who co-signed this shit, by the way? If I could be serious for a moment, though, I think the cause of the just constant conflict is the fact that they both, as well as multiple other members of my family, my family has a long history of mental illness that I think was brought out just by like generation upon generation of Targaryen-esque inbreeding <laughs> that my ancestors were forced into by the sea of troglodytes you all descended from. Will you people help out just a little bit, please? For once, and I'm not even asking you to be pretty, can you just maintain enough attractiveness to lure us out of our own gene pool? <laughs> then hopefully, maybe my family and I won't be saddled with these Merovingian dynasty birth defects, which are bad enough on their own, but are extra silly on a Samoan. You know how fucking stupid it is to look this tough but be a hemophiliac at the same time? <laughs> so gussy it up, will you? Fix your hair better and get, get a hat or a nice dress or a suit or new shoes or something. I don't do your makeup nice. I don't have an M for this joke. I just keep yelling about how y'all are ugly till I run out of time. Which is now, so... C cool talk, I guess. For real, for real though. Frillo, um, this show's been great. You guys have been a fantastic and attentive audience, and I appreciate that so much. But none of that changes how hard you are to look at. Thank you. One more time for Adam Posse. One more time for all the comedians.